talking about um, receiving the Holy Spirit. Mm. That was kind of a thought that I had this morning and had been kind of thinking about Mm. that. The religious world, you know, people that claim to be the people of God, they have eliminated the apostolic and the prophetic ministry, except in title only, really. Mm. I mean, there's some people like in the Bethel movement and things like that, that I think they call apostolic reformation right it has a name like that but they don't really they don't really understand the thing but if you eliminate that then you eliminate the holy spirit because the holy spirit is given through the in a sense the laying on of hands of the apostolic ministry right and it doesn't have to be a directness of you know touching thing but it's the authority that is given because the lord has sent them to do that uh, for that purpose right there Mm mm-hmm and if that doesn't operate, then people cannot truly have the Holy Spirit in them. Now, right. the Holy Spirit can be on people and interacting with people mm-hmm. and dealing with people. And what it can do is it can bring people into a place of slaves of God, not sons. Because without the Holy Spirit, we cannot become a son. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It brings us into sonship, brings us into one spirit with him. For the purpose of bringing us into him and bringing us to conform Christ in us. That's the, really the work of the Holy Spirit is to do that right there. Hmm. Of course, people are only acquainted with this, uh, slavery, slaves of God, which is the Holy Spirit on us. Mm-hmm. From the standpoint of trying to minister and operate according to that. Mm-hmm. But the evidence of that is they don't have understanding and they can't hear the word in their spirit. Yeah. There's no change. What, what, what you're saying, there's no change to a person's uh, character um, on the inside. It's hard. Well, what we have been talking about lately, and this, mm-hmm. this is just a continuation of what we've been talking about, which is baptism. Because in baptism, that's when the Holy Spirit is received as a result of that, that coming about in somebody. See, that's the sacrifice that is acceptable to God. That's the only sacrifice, mm-hmm. is, is his death that we talk about. Right. Outward sacrifice and offerings, activity, or trying to do some restrictions or restraints or whatever, trying to limit our activity or do this or don't do that, is not a sacrifice acceptable to God. But this death that we talk about, our baptism, is the sacrifice acceptable to God. When a person comes to that, then the Holy Spirit is given to complete that or to bring that to, a, to its fullness or completion. Mm-hmm. So that message that we talk about is, is what's missing out of the modern-day gospel. So therefore, all that other stuff that precedes that has been eliminated. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was thinking, I, I listen to people talk a lot about spiritual things, but it is... Far and few between that I've ever heard anybody speak by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, people hear the Spirit and say things that the Spirit's saying, but they don't speak by the Spirit, if you can hear what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Because in order to speak by the Spirit, you have to have the Spirit. Mm-hmm. In other words, the Holy Spirit has to be in you. You know, when, when somebody is speaking by the Spirit, and what they are doing is they are testifying that Christ is in them. It's the testimony of Jesus, which, it, you know, of course, the Word says is the Spirit of prophecy. 
And now if the, if the Spirit of Christ does not dwell in somebody, they do not have that testimony in them. And so all they can be doing is, is talking externally about things of the kingdom of God, but not from a standpoint of testimony. And so what brings that about is what we've been talking about, about this thing of baptism, is that brings us to the, that place to where the Spirit of Christ can come and dwell in us. Because we have come out of the kingdom of the world and come into the kingdom of God. In other words, the reason that baptism is, is valid, an actual water baptism, is because it establishes a covenant between God and man. When they do these covenants, like a marriage, there is a ceremony that is performed to establish that covenant right there. And so therefore, water baptism is the ordinance that the Lord gave us to establish the covenant. It is an outward demonstration or a ceremony, in a sense, to bring about the establishing of this covenant. There's two parts to the covenant, his part and our part. It's not just his part. It's our part in it also. So that's why this thing, uh, this pledge, is, it becomes uh, valid. Because it is our, our uh, submitting and giving of our, now here's, here's the thing, the will mm-hmm. of our will to God. Now, somebody asked a question the other day about if the devil is control of the whole world, why doesn't he just kill everybody? Well, there's something that keeps him from doing that. It is God has given every man a free and sovereign will. And even the devil cannot override that. That is something that each man has within themselves. God has given them sovereignly. See, this is an aspect of being created in God's image. Now, the, the world and the devil, see, we're born into that. We're born in sin, and the wrath of God is on mankind because of sin. It's in our members because of the fall of man. Mm-hmm. But there's also, uh, the Lord has put eternity in the hearts of man. In other words, the, in a person's human spirit, there is an awareness of God mm-hmm. that is in them. A yearning, or in a sense, or a desire toward God that's in every person. He put that there. And the the conscience is involved in that, the will and all that kind of thing. In order for the for the uh, the devil and the demons to control somebody, see they they exercise influence over the world. For them to be able to control somebody, it takes the giving over of a person's will to it. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one aspect of that is like drugs, or addiction. There's a process of giving oneself over to that, and then. As a result of that, they become demon-possessed, yeah. controlled. And then they find themselves in a, a situation or a place where they're unable to resist it. Yeah. In other words, they have given themselves fully to it. Yeah. They've given their will over to it, in mm-hmm. a sense. And so this is how uh, this process starts. And like in the Word where it says in the last days that people will be lovers of themselves and, and that kind of thing. Right. See, that is a condition of mankind having given himself over fully to this thing of self, mm-hmm. which is a progressive uh, thing and condition. So what happens is if a person comes to a place where they encounter the Word, in other words, the Word of Christ is spoken to them, or they hear the Word, they have, a, a, have an encounter with the Lord. What that does, see, that causes faith to spring forth in the, in their heart, which is is a, a thing that causes them to turn toward the Lord, and the Word of Christ is what actually gives birth and and uh, to our spirit to bring us to a place of faith. In other words, 
this baptism thing or this union or this uniting, uh, becoming one spirit with him. As a result of that, he gives of himself the, the Holy Spirit to dwell in us so that we can become like him. But it has to do with the will. See, God doesn't override our will, nor does the devil override our will. See, that, that is sovereign. The Lord gives that to us sovereignly. Now, depending on how we relate to these things determines where we're going to be walking. In other words, if we submit our will to God, which is coming under his authority, being uh, subject to him or come to a place of being in agreement with him, and he will he will interact with us and, and bring us to this thing. Now, the same thing with the devil and with the world. The more a person gives themselves over to it, the more in bondage they become to it. And, and the further away from God they become. The hardening of the heart kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's just a little clarity, I guess, about the condition, how we're made, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Amen. If a person does not have the Holy Spirit, they cannot speak from the Spirit. And I've heard people talk about spiritual things and say spiritual stuff and not be by the Spirit. I interact with people and hear people and that kind of thing, encounter people, talk to people all the time that are deeply involved in spiritual things, even... uh, manifestation tongues and all that all that gifts mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. well see that's all external stuff mm-hmm. that's all out here yeah but see there's a difference in the spirit being in us yeah. coming forth that way what well, i can tell the difference from experience when you say something by the spirit or you say something from the holy spirit you can tell the difference now it takes some time to get used to them. i'm being changed every day but uh i notice that if, if you say something, if you're quiet and everybody knows whenever you say something, if you say something and it's the Lord and you do it in his name and his spirit, and he's, he backs you up, it has a different impact. It has authority for one thing. It has authority. Because the word yeah. brings authority. Where, where the word is, the authority of God is. Because that is his authority. And some people don't like that. No, but that's the way it is. How you can tell somebody has the Holy Spirit is that they can speak by the spirit. Yeah. If a person does not have the Holy Spirit, they cannot speak by the Spirit. Like I was saying, they can say things that they may have heard from the Spirit out out here. See, we're in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh. Mm -hmm. And it's interacting with mankind for the purpose of bringing us to salvation. That's the whole goal of this. He's came to save the whole earth, the whole world. But especially those that believe. But um, people take that as the new birth. You know, they've had an encounter or they've experienced the Lord's presence and that kind of thing. And they take that as possibly as having arrived someplace. But everything that he does, he does to the end of trying to bring us to the kingdom of God, to faith. So that we can come out of the world and into the kingdom of God, which is spiritual. And to receive the Holy Spirit in us for the purpose of sanctification and bringing us to a place of holiness. So that we can be a witness and a testimony in the earth that he that he came, that he died and was resurrected. That's the whole will of God for man. And not to pick on anybody particularly, but I've seen and heard stories. I was just looking at one yesterday of people who minister by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, having affairs, and getting caught up in all. They haven't received it in here as you 
is saying. It doesn't do anything to their human spirit, really. It doesn't, there's no death, there's no baptism. And you hear all kinds of stuff, and they're ministering powerfully. Tongues, laying on hands, people falling out. And then you hear all these stories of the fruit being different. If someone has the Spirit in them, the reason for that is because they have received the Word. If they have not received the Word, they're not going to be able to ever come to a place where they have the Spirit in them. Because it is the Word by the Spirit that bursts the Spirit or the kingdom in a person's heart. There's no other way for that to take place. And that comes forth from the apostolic and the prophetic ministry. I have seen people operate in the uh, Pentecostal charismatic ranks who call themselves apostle and prophet, but they don't operate according to the word. They only operate according to the anointing on them. And so they'll come forth and touch people so they fall out in the spirit and stuff like that. But they don't give those people the slightest benefit of good by the Spirit of God from the standpoint of the kingdom of God. And that's the whole reason. That is a false foundation, and it's got to be torn down. There's no word. There's no word. Yeah, and it's therefore there's no authority. That's right. And they they cannot give the kingdom of God to anyone because they don't have the kingdom of God. Yeah. They have something on them, but it's not appropriate because it didn't start the right way, the right foundation. So even though they have the Spirit on them, it's not God's way. It's not what he wants to accomplish. If it's true that the Holy Spirit, what I just said is true, the Holy Spirit's on these different Pentecostal, charismatic things, why aren't they one? I mean, the, the Holiness Church doesn't fellowship with the UPC, the United Pentecostal, who doesn't fellowship with the charismatic, who doesn't fe- yeah. Why? Because they don't have the same spirit in them. They're in the flesh. flesh yes. is the dividing wall of hostility. That's right. This is what brings everything into agreement. Because those that are of the Spirit accept the things that come from the Spirit. That's right. And since there is one Spirit, there's no division. Mm-hmm. No That's right. See, it brings everything into order and into unity and into agreement, into oneness. But see, without that, there can be no agreement. There can be no unity. That's right. If a person does not receive things from the Spirit, they're not of God. Mm. That's what the Word says. He who has the Spirit accepts things that are from the Spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees or teachers of law or something like this. He says, the reason you don't accept my Word is because you're not of God, basically is what he was saying to them. Yeah, that's true. You're of your father, the devil. See, that's how we can know that who's of God and who's not because those that are of God accept and receive things from God. And see, that that includes those that God is drawing and those that have come to him and those that have been walking with him. That covers the whole gamut. The thing that's going to bring us to the kingdom of God and form Christ in us is receiving the word. Because what the word does is it separates. It always separates us. It's living and it's active. And that's why we say, uh, if a person is speaking by the Spirit... Not the Holy Spirit on them, but speaking by the Spirit. In other words, speaking out of their spirit because the Spirit of Christ dwells in them. Then the words that they speak are living and active. 
It's a live word from God. It's the word of Christ. And it's able to separate and divide. And if a person is open and receptive to that, and they receive that word, that word will begin a process of separation. That's what it's always sent forth to do. Without the word and the spirit, there's just no way. See, that's why this this way is with much tribulation that we enter in. Because, and we've all seen this, immediately when anybody turns toward this, the battle rages against them. Mm -hmm. They'll be physical things. They'll be spiritual things. There'll be uh, relationships that'll just come and rise up. Big time. The gates of hell will be turned loose against them. Mm -hmm. And so the only way to overcome that is this death, this baptism. That's the only provision Mm -hmm. to be able to to come through that. Uh, See, in that baptism, what happens is we die. See, this baptism that we undergo is, like it says in the Word, it is a pledge of a good conscience toward God. When we're in school, we say the pledge of allegiance, right? You know, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. In other words, we are pledging our loyalty and dedication to this country. Natural. Mm-hmm. It's a natural thing. And so if I take that and I go and, and do something against this country, it's treason, right? They used to treat treason with death. You know, that was a death penalty. Well, see, there's a parallel there. See, this baptism that we undergo is a pledge of a good conscience toward God because I have let go of everything but Him. I am totally and fully immersed in Him and committed to Him. So my conscience becomes clear. And see, what happens is we begin to be led by the Spirit, which is by our conscience. Our conscience is actually an aspect of our human spirit. When I was a kid, uh, I had a a strong conscience. And it probably had a lot to do with how I grew up. Because we grew up borderline poverty, that kind of thing. You know, didn't get a lot of stuff. You know, stuff weakens the conscience. You know that, don't you? (laughs) So... You know, that's why not many wise, noble, all the things that minister to the flesh weaken the conscience. So somebody that has suffered tends to have a more sensitive conscience. We're talking about soil. You know, you can say soil would be the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I remember when I was a kid, I had a, a strong conscience. So there was like a flea market. And a couple of boys asked me to go with them. And so it was their custom to go there and steal stuff. I went with them, and they encouraged me to steal something. And I, and I, I remember everything in me was against it. And so they, they egged me on and that kind of thing. So I came to a place where I, I stole a little scented candle. And I mean, it was hard to do that. But I did it because of the influence of these uh, other boys. And I noticed the next time it was easier. In other words, my conscience became weaker and my desire to do wrong became stronger. Well, see, this is why, like, if you have two kids and you have one that is out of control, uh, runs wild, and you have one that is more settled and quiet and more submissive, Mm -hmm. and if they hang out together and left alone, 
the one that is submissive will end up going over to the other one every time. It will not go the other direction because these things are brought into order through authority. It's not by influence, it's by authority. Influence always goes toward the, the negative, the darkness, the disobedient thing. That's why the word says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Because what fellowship do they have? See, this is a misconception that religious people have. You are not going to go in and change these folks in these things. Only by conviction of the word and the spirit can that happen. Right. Not by influence. Mm-hmm. We're not going to influence anybody. Mm-hmm. See, that's why we, we talk about we're always looking for people that are receptive to the word and can hear and that kind of thing. Because as if they are, then, then God's drawing them. See, we can't bring anybody anyplace into the kingdom or by taking it upon ourselves to do that. You'll end up being over there where they are. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's why baptism is so important because that establishes a pledge of a good conscience toward God. Mm -hmm. And so that starts us in the way of this pursuit right here that we begin to walk according to that. And we begin to partake and grow up into him and ongoing. And our conscience becomes stronger and more sensitive and aware of spiritual things. We start out with a relatively weak conscience and we grow into having a strong conscience, which is what the Lord is, is bringing us into. Does that make, that make any sense? Yeah. <laughs> let, me read this, let me read this scripture. Um, what the King James says, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, a good conscience towards God, and a sincere faith. That's the goal. Yeah. The goal of all of this word, all of this instruction, all of this discipline, is that that conscience be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Well, see, that that verse says that this is the goal of this thing that we're walking in. It is love, Mm -hmm. which comes from a pure heart. Right. And it also comes from a good conscience Mm -hmm. and a sincere faith. Mm -hmm. See, that's what this is all about. Yeah. See, a pure heart will cause us to have a good conscience. Mm -hmm. See, if we begin to be led astray, or drawn into influenced the world our conscience is not clear it will cause us our conscience not to be clear and there's a place in the word if our heart condemns us our conscience god's greater than our heart mm-hmm. so repentance is the provision that god gives to cleanse our conscience mm. it's not activity doing something outwardly mm-hmm. sacrifices and offerings let me read this scripture here something i've been considering for a while uh it's john 5 i'll I'll back up Uh, it says if i testify about myself my testimony is not valid there is another who testifies in my favor and i know that his testimony about me is valid you have sent to john and he has testified to the truth not that i accept human testimony but i mention it that you may be saved John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony weightier than that of John. For the very work that the Father has given me to finish, and which I am doing, testifies that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. 
You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life, but these are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Now here, here's what I was getting at. I do not accept praise from men. That just... <laughs> I mean, that that just jumped off the page. Do you know that he does not accept praise from men? And some translations say glory and honor. Now all this, Lord, we just praise you. Lord, we honor you. We worship you. You know he doesn't accept that? He, he absolutely does not accept that. But I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe if you accept praise from one another, yet make no effort to obtain the praise that comes from the only God? Do not think that I accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believe Moses... You would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? Now see, how we praise and honor and, and glorify the Lord is by believing what he says. That's it. By believing what he says. Mm -hmm. What a man believes, he does. Mm -hmm. Everything else is just religious talk. There, I think it's in Romans 12. It says to present your body as a living sacrifice. Now we're talking about baptism still. These aspects of baptism. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's how we praise Him. Mm -hmm. That's how we honor Him. And that's how we glorify Him. Amen. Is by presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy, which is separated and acceptable to him. That's faith. Mm -hmm. I guess that may be oversimplification, but uh, but see, you know, God doesn't He doesn't listen to everybody's prayers. That's a misunderstanding. Go ahead. What what I see and considering the same things, what I see going on everywhere, without exception, <laughs> uh -oh. is people clamoring for the Lord, the God of all creation, and His Holy Spirit to come and do their will. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's it's right. the opposite of the truth. Everything going on is the opposite <clears throat> of the truth and activity as praise and worship versus a good heart, a, a clean conscience, and receiving and believing what He's saying, which is really the only thing that matters. Everything else is sin. It is, because it's not from faith. Yeah. The blind man... You know, he was before the, the Pharisees and all that that studied the scriptures, but they didn't know God. Their heart was far from him because they're doing it in their own strength and effort. It wasn't by faith. And he told them, <laughs> a little nobody, nothing, said, We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, God's will, he hears him. How did Jesus say to pray? 
you know, people have said this a million times and never consider the meaning of it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. So my fleshly will is in opposition to the will of God and is opposite. Mm-hmm. So if I'm praying for my will to be done, it's not according to his will. And am I going to receive anything? Probably not unless he lets a powerful delusion come over me. Mm-hmm. So all this stuff going on today, people will chase you down at Walmart to try to pray for you to exalt their ministry because that's what they want to do. Yeah. And all the obligation and control, which is demonic, influencing people to be there and to go and do, come to this physical location, you know, do the activities that we prescribe in the flesh, you know, raise your hands and sing along, you know, with all the emotional response and all that. It's, it's all fleshly. It's all the opposite of the truth. Mm-hmm. There's no life in any of it. Yeah. You know, if somebody does that out of their old will, dragging the Holy Spirit with them because it's on them, because mm-hmm. they've had some experience and trying to pray for somebody everywhere they go, trying to lay hands on everybody, the Lord may heal somebody if that person, the other person's heart is right for a minute or, or if either or, mm-hmm. you know, he's, He's faithful to do some things just so his name is not blasphemed left and right like it is everywhere. You know, his hands are outstretched all day long to disobedient and obstinate people. Mm. He's still stretching his arms out. Just, you know, there's some miracles and, and healings and stuff sometimes, but that's just so somebody might see and turn. It's not a yeah. stamp of approval on anybody. You know, at best it's hit and miss. You know, when, when Jesus and, and the first century believers, when they prayed... It wasn't hit and miss. Mm-hmm. See, that's something that the world's not seen. That when somebody is prayed for, that the Lord does it every time. Mm-hmm. See, it has to do with walking in the Spirit. Jesus said, I don't do anything except what I see my Father doing, or that kind of thing. See, what he was talking about was walking by the Spirit. It's right. all that he was talking about. That he wasn't doing things according to his own desires. Right. The flesh, the natural, the carnal, and the outward mind and emotion. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing things according to his mind and emotions. Mm-hmm. He was doing things from the place of being at peace and at rest and walking according to faith. See that What you're describing is trying to do the things of God. And what we're talking about is we are being and being led by the Spirit of God to walk in His will and not our will. And what the will of God is, is love, right? Yeah. See, that's what we do. We walk in love. We walk in love so that the kingdom of God can come near people. That's what's needed. People need to see the kingdom of God. Yeah. So they can come to it. That's what love does. It is an expression of God. For somebody to see the kingdom of God, they got to see it in somebody. Exactly. There's got to be somebody... A group of people, a body, walking like this. Against popular opinion, you cannot get it from a book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know that guy. Right. Train wreck. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it has to be revealed or presented, expressed. Uh, we've been talking recently about being led by the Spirit. Well, to be led by the Spirit, you first must have the Spirit. There is a difference in being led by the Spirit externally and being led by the Spirit internally. 
the Spirit of Christ in you, leading and uh, guiding you. There's a difference in those things. What the Lord is leading us into and, and teaching us ongoing is how to walk in the Spirit. Because only walking in the Spirit are, are we walking in the will of God. If we're not walking in the Spirit, then we're not really walking in the will of God. And so the things that we've been talking about, you know, about baptism, receiving the Holy Spirit, faith, uh, coming out of the world into the kingdom of God, these are all front-end things to bring us to a place where we can begin to walk by the Spirit and be led by the Spirit. And, of course, the Word is, uh, like it says, is, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It shows us how to walk in these things. And then we become sensitive because of exercising our senses about being able to divide the flesh and the spirit. In other words, what is my flesh trying to lead me or to influence me into? Or what is the spirit wanting to guide me or lead me into? So we begin to separate those things. So that what we end up doing is we end up dying to the flesh and yielding or submitting to the spirit. Mm-hmm. See, that's what sanctification and growth is all about. See, there is an exact parallel to these things with a parent and a child. There is exactly the same way, but that's in the natural. So what a parent does when a child is born, and the earlier the better, we've talked about that before, is what you want to do is you want to bring that child's will into subjection to your authority. And so what that does, see, that causes that child to be under authority and and to consider that authority greater than themselves this is what the kingdom of god's like this is what the word by the spirit does it brings us to a place where we're willing to give our will to the lord to submit our will because that's something that the lord has given us and we have the authority to lay our life down or to take it back up to don't we mm-hmm. he's given us that authority freely it's our free will I don't think there's much understanding about this in, in what's spoken of today. Most everything is influenced by a predestination doctrine, which says that God's just going to do everything. That we don't really have a part in this thing. I mean, he's just going to do. He's going to bring us where we need it. He's going to make it. He's going to... No, it's not like that. See, the, the children raise themselves. I mean, they've got a part in it. They can either receive what the parent is saying or resist it. Now, if they resist it, then now they're going to be crossways with the parent. And it's going to bring wrath on them in whatever measure is needed. And the Lord's the same way. His wrath doesn't come with fury right out of the gate. It's the subtle thing. For instance, if we, we are pursuing uh, these things and coming to the Lord and, and we find ourselves getting distracted or caught up in something that's, that's contrary to, to His way, the thing that He'll do a lot of times, or if He wants to get our attention by it, He'll turn away from us. Now, see, if you're walking by the Spirit, you depend on the Spirit to <clears throat> minister life to you ongoing. We are partaking of, we are eating His flesh and drinking His blood, which is partaking of the Word by the Spirit. And see, that gives life to our inner man. And I was thinking about this this morning. If I didn't have that, in other words, if I just open my Bible and it is just words on paper, I am absolutely lost. I am absolutely uh, lost. I don't know how to say it any more dramatically than that. If he doesn't pour his grace out on me for the purpose of knowing him and coming to him and, and loving him, I have nothing. I don't have anything in myself that I could fall back on. That's right. 
when I open up the word, the Lord leads me to something and it, I open it up and it is alive to me. In other words, I can hear the word in my spirit. That causes tremendous gratitude in me toward the Lord because I am so thankful because that's life. That is life to my whole person, to my inner man, to my soul and to my body. It breathes life into me. Amen. And so without that, I have nothing. We, we're de- we are dead and, and lost without that. See, we cannot know him with our intellect. In other words, unless he is speaking by the Spirit to our spirit, we don't have anything. There's no life in us. We must receive these things into our spirit. Now, if, what if we don't hear the word in our spirit? What if we're not familiar with what I'm talking about? Or what if we're not sure about that? Our part, what we can do, and this is all we can do, is just humble ourselves before the Lord. In other words, lay down everything that you think you are mm-hmm. and that you think you have and all that kind of stuff that wants to try to establish ourselves in some sort of place or position with God and just humble yourself and come to His door, the door of His temple in a sense, and just wait to hear from him and just long to in anticipation and desire to hear the voice of God now the word says ask and you'll receive seek and you'll find knock and the door will be open that is a promise of God that's an absolute irreversible undeniable promise of God that if we do that he'll respond part of the misconception these days and this is all comes forth from that predestination doctrine, that he's just going to do everything. Well, he, he's not, because what he's going to do is he's going to respond to how we respond to him. He's going to send his word to bring repentance and to bring uh, yielding and submission on our part, if we're willing to receive it. Now, if we reject it, then we don't get it. His voice has gone out into the whole earth, it says in the word. And the Holy Spirit has been poured out and His Word has gone forth. See, He came to save all men. Mm-hmm. But it, it comes through believing. It comes that way. We've got a part. See, now our part is to believe. He is not sitting waiting for Him to do something. You know, every minister that I hear today, everyone bar none, none excluded out there in the religious thing, all are speaking from a predestination standpoint. And their attitude is that God is just going to do everything. We are in a good place, and God is just going to bring us to where we need to be. But see, we become predestined when we hear the word and we believe it. What that does is that brings us into a different place. Out of God's wrath, which is on the world, into the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God and the, and the people of it are predestined. In the world, the natural state of man is under the wrath of God, and the wrath of God remains on them until they repent and come into a place of faith, into the kingdom of God. And in that place, the wrath of God is removed from them. They become a child of God. They come in as a little baby child, just wanting to be milk-fed. And then over some time, they begin to, to desire a little bit more substance more meaty food and then see what happens then as as a young man they begin to have a little bit of snap 
but they still are yearning for and longing for recognition because that's what young men do, right? Well, we're longing for recognition from him, you know, not like the world does. Yeah. We want recognition from the Father. Sure. But see, the progression in this is to come to a place where we are a father, which is a perfect man. Mm -hmm. And right. I, I know that word is a, is a dirty word. You say perfect, everybody goes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But mm -hmm. see, the reality of it is that's what a father is. And like it says in James, a perfect man is never at fault in what he says. Yeah. Why is that? Why is he never at fault in what he says? Because he speaks by the Spirit. He's not speaking from himself. Mm -hmm. If somebody is speaking from themselves, they are not yet perfected. Yeah. Let me read this based on what we're saying right there. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. You either believe the words that are spoken by the spirit and life, and then that life becomes your own through repentance and receiving the gift of the spirit because you receive the word, or you don't believe. You believe and you don't believe. The, the thing that you said, you know, the Lord and the, even the devil does not have the ability to take over someone's will. The pivot point of the will is what someone believes That's right. or does not believe. If you do not believe, your will is totally self-centered. If you believe, then you give your will over to the Lord. If you don't believe and your will is totally self-centered, then you are a child of the devil because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. If someone is in and of the world, they are in and of the devil. If someone has believed and given their will over to Christ through submission, through faith, then their will belongs to the Lord and they are not their own. They have been bought with a price and the blood, as it were, has washed them simply because they have believed the word that has been spoken to them by the Spirit. This thing of the will is, is really significant, and it actually is what the Spirit is mm -hmm. saying right now, because it, there's understanding to be gained about it. If the Spirit is saying it, he's saying it because we may not see it fully and clearly, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, why would you be... It. But he's saying it because he wants to give us greater understanding, more clarity. And so what that does, in as much as we're willing to receive that, it brings us into unity about that. It's just another aspect of Christ. And so all these things that the Lord is saying and doing, and this is what this thing that we're doing here is all about. It is bringing all the people that are, that are willing to receive the word into agreement mm -hmm. into unity of the spirit uh, so that we all believe alike about our salvation you know, about this yeah. <laughs> but see that this is what it's all about this is what we're doing here but see it's this thing of the of the will is uh is significant that we understand that that god does not override that because mm -hmm. he's not controlling us we don't override the will of our child otherwise they would just become a robot. What we do is we discipline them so that they operate in self-control and yield their will to us as a parent, mm -hmm. as the authority. And so if they do that with us, then when they go out into the world, they don't have a problem with authority. People have a problem with authority today because they've never been subject to authority. They've never been brought into a place of submitting their will to somebody else. 
So therefore they have no self-control because that's what authority does. It causes a person to operate in self-control, control of self. Mm -hmm. It's something that we don't see much today. They don't control self or operate in self-control, but they give themselves over to self, which is a, not a good place to be. And that's really why darkness is prevailing in the earth and why the devil is seemingly being successful. Because people have given their will over to darkness. Uh, this is Second Peter 3. Uh, so I'll start at verse 8. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Yeah. It's kind of what we've been talking about a little bit today. Amen. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. So we realize that everything that we see and exist right now is going to pass away. Yeah. So if that's true, then what kind of people ought we to be? You know, so it, this actually says that. It says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought we to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Now, how about that? It says, speed its coming. And, and I looked, and, and just about all, all the translations do say a, a form of that. That the day will bring about destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Now, here, this is the, the thing that I was trying to get to. So then, because of that, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort. How about that word, effort? Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Amen. See, spotless, blameless, and at peace with him means that we have guarded our heart and kept it from being engrossed or entangled in the things of this world. That's how we remain spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. And that's our part, is yeah. to guard our heart in regards to these things. It just occurred to me after you were talking about this thing about guarding the heart, humbling ourselves, the will of God, uh, submitting to the will of God, uh, the Spirit in versus own, the words of life, all these different things that we have touched on, they just come down to one thing. I mean, if, if anybody's listening here, it just comes down to one thing, and that is whether or not a person who hears what is being said right here believes it. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of these things and much, much more, they are available to whoever if they receive and believe the word that's being spoken. See, just because you hear something does not necessarily mean that you have believed it. It's a matter of whether or not a person receives it and believes it. That's an act of a person's will, whether or not you believe what you're hearing. What happens is, is if a person does receive the word and believe, what the Lord does is he gives them the spirit without measure. That's pretty exciting. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Amen.